I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast supported by Pragati, a flagship media initiative of the Takshashila Institution. We're a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like to bring a fresh perspective to Indian affairs and an Indian perspective to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello, and welcome to All Things Policy. India has a new operating system. That's right. It's an indigenous operating system developed by a startup incubated out of IIT Madras. It is known as Bar OS, and it is pitched as an answer to Google's Android and Apple's iOS. There have been many attempts to build a rival operating system by different entities, but none of them have gained much traction or market share. Can Bar OS do what no other competitor has ever done? To talk about the potential of Bar OS and its limitations, I have with me. Bharat Reddy, who's our in-house open source technology expert. Welcome, Bharat. Thanks, Pano. Looking forward to this uh, conversation. Well, before I get on to the substance of our discussion, let me get something you have in mind out of the way. Where did the name Bhar OS come from? Is it related to Bharat, or does it come from Atmanirbhar Initiative, or is it something else altogether? I don't know much about the name, but I I, I would guess that it's Bharat, Bharat OS, or something like that. But yeah, it's anyone's guess. But I think the minister had made a comment that they should suffix an A at the end and make it Bharosa whenever it's launched. So that'll be interesting to see how it. Yeah, and for people who don't know Hindi, Bharosa means trust. Well, with that out of the way, let's get on to the main discussion. Bharat, what is Bharos in essence, and how is it different from Android and iOS that we are all used to? So Bharos is a mobile operating system that's forked from the Android open source project, and it's decoupled from the Google ecosystem of apps and uh, services that you normally see on an Android phone. So Android is an open source operating system, and it has a permissive license in the sense that you can use it to make derivative works. You can, with or without any modifications, you can create your own operating system, and you can package it and have that and use that. But the thing with Android is that the experience that you see comes not from the base code of the Android open source project, but also the proprietary App Store and all of that stuff that Google has built around that, which is proprietary. Now, Google licenses this only for to OEMs that comply with its terms and conditions, and only those devices which are licensed have access to this. Now, all these licensed devices they come pre-installed with. a number of apps like youtube or chrome or google search and all of these are kind of tightly integrated into the entire operating system also the apps that you purchase through the app stores google takes a commission out of each purchase whether it's just the purchase of the app or in app purchases so and those commissions could be up to 30% which is pretty significant you know yeah. uh, cut and these are also uh, these commissions are make up a big source of revenue for google and apple and yeah so that's basically what it is so the intention was to decouple google from your operating system and now there have been other efforts like this in the past where someone has tried to fork android and build another operating system based on that but it will be interesting to see how this goes what we feel at takshila is that instead of trying to build another fork of android it will be better off to 
you know, for the government to just adopt one of the existing Android folks or another mobile operating system, which is free and open source and has a vibrant developer community and just support that and build a stronger community around that, build more features for that so that that becomes a better product than trying to start something from scratch and fragment the entire uh, the competition that's already out there. So there are two things that we can derive from this, right? First is, even though the government says it's an entirely new OS or the developer says it's an entirely new OS, it's a built on the Android foundation because Android is open source. That is, you don't get all the Google bundles, but it is essentially Google giving out the code for free. And second is that this need not be done because you're just replicating things that are already out there, right? So these are the points that you're trying to say that it's not really a new OS, like everyone says, and two, we are just wasting a lot of time and money repeating things. Right, it's a waste of effort. Plus, you fragment some, so the value of an operating system comes from the number of users on that system. So when there's a number of people using it, you have, there are incentives for the developers to build apps around it. There are incentives for, so there are a lot of network effects that come into play. And it just basically works much better in terms of the stability, number of uh, applications available, number of uh, the tech support that you can find. All of that works much better when you have more people using it. And so when you create another, you know, fork and you try to create something different, the chances of success are not, you know, it's much harder to get that wide user base. So despite all these difficulties and all the downsides, why is it that the government is undertaking this project to build its own OS? So the this comes on the back of uh, the recent uh, CCI verdicts against Google. So in India, Android, the Android operating system dominates the mobile operating system market. It has a 95, over a 95% market share. And Apple's iOS comes in a very distant second with around 4%, I guess. Now, globally, this is not the case. So in, in the US, for example, Android has a 45% market share and iOS has like something like 55%. Now, so the cost of the devices, all of these factor into how these, what uh, is the uh, market share in, in these different geographies. Now, but with this uh, dominant position, there's a concern that there's a lot of market power, there's, you know, and CCI has found that Google has abused its market power. It is mandating its payment system. It's also using that this significant market share to preference other of uh, other verticals where it has apps. For example, a video streaming app or a, a browser app or, or the search app. So all of these, Google is able to bundle it into this operating system and strengthen its hold in these other areas as well. So these are some of the benefits that Google is able to leverage and the CCI finds them to be anti-competitive. And so this kind of a push for a rival operating system comes from there. So you you don't want someone to have a monopoly on, on this. And so the government is trying to push for a you know indigenous operating system that can pose as a competitor to them. It's now, just to add to that, now it's trying to bring in some competition, but you need to understand that this kind of consolidation of the market is a very natural thing for something like a platform in the information age, right? So when you have a platform, the value of the platform increases much more when you have a lot of users on it. So when the more number of the users there are, the more incentives for the app developers to build up for those users. 
so it works for both on both sides. The users benefit because there's there are more apps. The developers benefits because there's there are more users. Advertisers benefit because they can sell ads to more users. So it works for everybody when you have more users. And so generally, these network effects tend to consolidate market power in just a handful of platforms. Yeah. And that's just the nature of these platforms that it leads to consolidation. So you need to you're working against all of these forces when you're trying to. Um, build another operating system to rival these. Yeah, that's really interesting because I remember that quite a few years ago, Indian developers could not monetize their apps on uh, Play Store. And uh, there were other restrictions placed on what kind of apps that you could develop on Android, especially for Indians, right? For, for, for the South Asian community, this was quite frustrating. And I want to get into a little bit more of the meta question of what the government should do and should the government be doing such things. But before we get into those questions, let's take a quick break. Thank you, everyone, for joining in from the break. Bharat, let's get into some other, the bigger questions related to the role of government and its role in regulating OSs. If the problem is that Google has a monopoly or Apple someday could have a monopoly, then is the best solution for the government to develop its own OS? Because on one hand, the government is getting into the free market system where it's going to compete over its own OS, it's going to impose it perhaps. And second, the government is also taking on a lot of other burdens, right? Because this OS has to be put on devices and it has to be so these devices have to be marketed and sold. It can either be done through a very competitive way, that is, you you really try to compete with your, your traditional Android and iOS, or you could just impose it on people and say every government school should have this and so on. So should the government be really taking up this challenge upon itself or a burden upon itself? Or are there any better ways of doing it in terms of regulating competition? So essentially, I don't think the government is suited for such a role. So competition or a free market is best at bringing the best ideas or the best product, letting them compete amongst themselves and whoever gets the is able to meet the demand of the consumers, um, they'll win out eventually, right? And a government might not be able to might not be the most agile player to be able to respond to the needs of consumers. So they might say that you you have to use this and force it upon people, but that might not be the best product that's out there. So in terms of responding to people's needs of what an operating system should be or what apps there should be or what you can do with your phone, maybe the government is not the best agent to address these needs. But so ideally, the role of the government should be minimum. It should come into the picture only when there is a market failure. Now, there is some sort of a market failure here in the sense that there could be or a monopoly event at some point of time. But even in that case, the maybe there is a, a need to relook at how monopolies are in, in the information age, given that platforms tend to consolidate power in a handful or in one or two platforms. So that definition and how what should be the role of the government in such a case, that, that needs to be looked at. But definitely we can say that maybe the government going and implementing and trying to build a competitor might not be the best option to deal with such a situation. 
and even in terms of a monopoly because android gives you that flexibility right mm-hmm. people where we have seen people develop mods for the os or you know they've been able to modify the os sub- substantially enough that you would be able to do a lot of side loading yeah. which is also legal you can buy apps and you can download it from third parties and android still allows you to install these apps uh, which is not true in, in the case of ios but in the android at, at least and since android is most widely used in india a lot of the innovation comes from the user side that we have seen so indian users are themselves reacting to the possibility of being locked into a monopoly is that correct or or have i got it wrong there i i don't know if you'll be locked into a monopoly because you can't i don't know it's really difficult to force oems to mandatorily use the new os that the government is developing but but yeah like you were saying there are there have been a lot of you know derivatives of from the android open source project there have been other competitors like ubuntu touch which was based off the ubuntu desktop operating system so all of these at some point of time they did pick up there was a lot of enthusiasm but from a few passionate number of uh, early adopters but it didn't become mainstream and uh, didn't get that wide user base which would then you know create a ecosystem of apps and all of these things so so again creating another thing just fragments all of the competition and doesn't really help to create a viable competitor so these are some of the lessons what are the lessons we can learn from what other entities have done in this area because just before the podcast we were talking about the other open source oss that are out there for mobile phones so what are the lessons we can learn from their way of operating so basically it's that you need a community of developers so the wider the community the more people you have on it the more chances of getting things like a stable operating system getting things like your vast number of applications that you have access to or it might just be that you need uh, tech support or you need to find some setting that is hidden somewhere and and you google something and then you, you should be able to find where that thing is right and where that setting is so things like this will happen only when you have a large number of users when you have a large number of people um, building things for this platform and so the best bet is to is for the government to maybe pick something that's already existing that has a vibrant community and put its weight behind that so the government says that its priorities are privacy security and all of these things right so you you get all of that in an open source completely open source operating system so it should be able to address all of those needs and also be decoupling from whatever is the concerns around monopoly uh, that the government has so another example that we can look at is that under cdac the we had a, a indigenous desktop operating system called uh, what's boss a, what's a cdac CDAC is the Center for Development of Advanced Computing. Under CDAC, there was a, um, was so, a boss. Yeah, so it, there was this uh, boss operating system, which stands for Bharat Operating System Solutions. So it's a yeah, it's a <laughs> funky name. It's a funky name. Yes. So again, there were a lot of Linux-based operating systems which are very popular, but deciding to go with an Indian version of a uh, of an already existing debian based uh, linux operating system just kind of made something which is uh, again fragmented from that wider community so now if you need some it's not been very widely adopted if you need 
improvements on the UI or if you need improvements on some security fees, this thing, it'll always be a little delayed from the main, you know, the broader stable version of the of Linux. So, so yeah, it's better if you have, uh, if the government puts its weight around something that's already existing, that has a vibrant community, that's has a larger user base uh, and that's open source. Well, the government has not done that and they've gone the bar OS way. So what are the use cases for this now that the government has actually launched it and they've got enough media attention that it's become sort of a political commitment? How can they take this forward and how will this play out in general? In terms of use cases, I remember reading that it's expected to be used within certain government organizations which are sensitive about privacy uh, and security and would not want a lot of either big tech um, yeah. controlling their phones or would want only trusted applications to be present on their phones. So in these kind of sensitive applications is one area that they're already uh, sensitive use cases, one area where they're already considering it. But for a wider like mass adoption, I don't know if it will really be viable considering all the other things that have to come into the into the mix to make this happen. Any idea about what devices they're going to use? Are, are they going to contact OEMs or, or, or are they going to remove the standard OS or erase the standard OS and put the bar OS into them? How are they going to do this? This is something I'm not clear about. This is something I mean, I don't know because I think it's just, there's it's been tested on a few devices, but I don't know what will be like a production version of it or if it's going to be, if they're going to tie up with some OEMs to build this thing. So that, that I, I don't know if this really clarity on that yet but another thing we need to remember here is that we don't want to hand over all of this information this control to a big tech company but you also don't want the government to be <laughs> yes uh, we don't trust both of them equally yeah so you don't trust the government also to be inside your phones aware of who you're talking to what you're That's talking right. about all of these things either right so this is something that will also be a factor when you when you decide uh, what you're going to I mean what operating system you're going to choose yeah. so yeah that's really interesting. I learned a lot today, Bharat. I think when I was in my undergraduate days, I used to think about oh, open source and these are fascinating, but it never went beyond a hobbyist thing, right? You yeah. wanted to play around with your Android system, but it never went beyond that. But yeah. seeing that it's become something larger, which is concerned about national security, which is concerned about privacy, is really quite fascinating for me. And I never thought about this in that angle before. So thank you, Bharat, for joining me today. And thank you, everyone, for joining us on All Things Policy. Thanks, Pranav. It's always fun talking to you. If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcast.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at takshashilainst or our website takshashila.org.in.